Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to ariselife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Anybody get frustrated in the area of healing? You're not alive, I don't think, if you don't get frustrated with the area of healing. Um, Right? Um, Anybody here, every single time you pray for something, it always gets healed? No? I mean, we were going to, like, franchise you out if that was the case. Um, No, um, I was, um, Joseph mentioned this. On Friday morning, I grew so frustrated with healing because a friend with whiplash wasn't being healed. I had another friend with a back that wasn't being healed. I, uh, I had gone through uh, a broken root canal, you know, uh, that wasn't healed. I, there were a number of different things. Well, in Joseph's hand wasn't healed when we prayed on Wednesday. And, and I'm like, and in the past, uh, have you, maybe you've done this where you get really excited about healing and you see a little bit of healing and then you don't see a little healing. No. And, uh, and in that place of not seeing any healing, a lot of times I have done this. I've camped there. I'm like, oh, I have a new theology based upon my experience that God heals sometimes spin the wheel. Do you know I never saw anybody healed when I had that theology? But when I know that a good God heals all the time, I see healing but not all the time. Isn't that confusing? So anyway, so then I would be finally get frustrated with the spin the wheel model where nobody gets healed. And I go back to, I remember if I believe God heals, then people start to get, and then I start to see people healed. And then there's moments where they don't get healed. And then I camp. Nobody? Okay. This is, this has been, and notice it's a little lower than next time. And I, I said this to a friend. I said, I, as I was praying for their healing, they weren't getting healed. I said, I'm not okay with this. But I know that when I back off and I camp there, nothing good comes from it. So I'm not going to change the narrative based upon my experience. I'm going to determine to know him as good, even though I haven't yet seen it. I'm not backing off. But I'm frustrated. Anybody been frustrated? When you're frustrated, what do you want to do? Lash out at God? Quit. Lash out at God. And God's like not physically there, so it's like, right? And I was like, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to back off. God knows how much we can handle, right? We think we can't. We, I, I remember as a, as a 12-year-old, uh, Boy Scout or 11 year old and we had a 20 mile hike uh, two day hike and the first day was 12 miles straight up the side of a mountain and they let us pack our own packs and you know when you're 11 or 12 you have an exorbitant understanding of what you need to take with you and I should have been assigned my brother who'd done this hike had gotten everything down to a fanny pack me I had a new backpack and decided to fill it with iron ore, apparently. And I'm going up the mountain, and I'm like, I can't, I just can't. Anybody found you can do a lot more than you think you can? The SEALs have a 40% rule. They said at the point where you're convinced you can do no more and you are going to die, you are only 40% there. Anyway, so thank God, God doesn't listen to when we're, I'm done, right? I was like, I am not going to move. That after, so another person I prayed for that hadn't gotten healed was our neighbor. I had run into her, and I was like, I haven't seen you in a while. She's like, yeah, because I just got, sorry, (laughs) trying to keep things anonymous. So so what happened is, is I, I ran into her, and I was like, she's, um, and I hadn't seen you. And she's like, oh, that's because I was in the hospital. I was in an accident, not this last Monday, the Monday before. And it was so bad, um, I ended up in the hospital for two days. And, um, and, and I just got out. And um, the shoulder was horrible pain. The arm, she had no ability to lift anything. She could kind of hold. If you put a cell phone in her hand, she could kind of hold it. Um, but 
the arm had swollen up like an elephant, you know, like edema. And she had a burn about four or five inches long and about two or two and a half inches wide that was like, it was just ugly. Just, you know what I mean? It was just second, third degree burn and uh, just nasty. And, uh, and so I said, can I pray for you? She's like, yeah. And so I prayed for her. You know, anybody gotten that response? Yeah. You know, anyway, and I, and I went to pray for her and, and we prayed and I said, well, and I prayed really super quick, you know, you know how you do it? Just, Lord, I bless her, all the pain to go, just restore things the way you intended them. No magic words, no dance, no, <laughs> anyway, and uh, because that freaks people out, just saying. Anyway, and what happened is, is she goes, oh, I said, you know, do you notice any change? She goes, something lifted off my shoulder. I was like, oh, that's good. Let's pray again. And I prayed again. As I'm praying again, I can tell she's not comfortable anymore. I may have snuck up on her on the first one, right? Now she's like, you know, let's talk about Ukraine. I was like, okay, all right, we're fine. Well, listen, great. So I don't, but I don't see the healing. It's another reason for frustration. Friday morning, like Joseph said, I ran into my neighbor again. She goes, oh my gosh, I've been looking for you. So it's been a week. She goes, I've been looking for you. I, I don't know what you did. <laughs> I'm sorry, it wasn't me. No, I, no, I, I don't know what you did, but the, the pain completely left me. And you see my arm, it's normal. And the skin was brand new. Like brand new, like just smooth. There was a little, maybe a little bit of scab or something on the edge. I remember it. It was brand new. And she said, look, I've got full function. Everything's great. I was like, Jesus, you are that God. You are. You really are. (laughs) If we want to have a God we've never seen, we have to be willing to allow him to confound our understanding. If, you know, that's, um, anyway. Along that line, let's talk about expectations, shall we? Who here has lived long enough to decide that lowered expectations make for happier living? (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? You're like, lowered expectations. You know, where you're like, low, like, I remember when Masha and I met, she she goes, what are your dreams? What are your plans? And I was like, I don't have those. (laughs) I'm mature enough that I just kind of go zen. Kind of like, take life as it comes, you know. That way, you're neither disappointed. You know, you don't get excited, but you don't get disappointed. Anybody know what that is? Me. That's when they put you on life support, right? Like You're like, it's clear, you know. And I was like so proud of myself. And I remember she looked at me like I was an alien from outer space. And she's like, okay. And I was like, is this? something wrong with that? Like, I was so proud of myself. And why do you think I'd come to that point? Disappointment, right? I still remember I had this experience on my uh, seventh birthday. I was, uh, I was, uh, you know, going with it. It's seventh birthday. And I realized at the end of my birthday, whether I, I realized if I had gotten everything I wanted and I, and my birthday was in February. So you had Christmas and then February, and then you had 10 months of desert. You know, like, like, there's no point in living, right? And, and I, even if I got everything I wanted, it was over at the end of the day. And the next day would be a bummer. I was like, I think it's better not to look forward to things. That way, you know, eh. By the way, it makes for a horrible life, just saying. But, but the thing is, is we cannot keep ourselves from having expectations, Right? Like, like, like when you open a door and walk through it, you expect to be in another room. Like expectation is how we do life. Everything we do involves expectations. I call your phone number and I expect to get you, right? Like that's just how life works or at least get your uh, cell phone. So if you can imagine for every expectation... There can be a good result, right? And a bad result, right? Every time, huh? Yes, okay, this is not complicated. Like people are like, there's a secret answer. (laughs) 17, no, no, it's not 17. Okay, so there's good and bad, right? There's a good or a bad 
Um, and there is, um, and sometimes I would say, if, if, if we could do it this way, there's expected and unexpected. Exactly. So I'll give you an example. Um, I, uh, I was six, and uh, for Christmas, um, my parents uh, were geniuses, and they figured out, anybody remember the wish book? They now have one for Amazon. It's amazing, right? It, it was the one catalog that came with all the Christmas presents in it. And I mean, uh, let me tell you, our reading went to 11 as soon as that thing came up. <laughs> and so my parents said, here's the deal. Go through and mark the things you want. And some of those things might appear, kind of thing. And of course, you're like, unlimited spending, right? No, we weren't delusional. We knew mom and dad didn't have much money. So we were like, you know, but you play with everything in your mind and and I remember, and Christmas Day, boom, 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 opened a bunch. And then there was one, and it was, I still remember it, it was a green and black Tonka Wrangler Jeep with two figurines that are about that big. And, and I was like, cool. And I'm playing with it, and I'm like, cool. But I was like, I didn't ask for it, right? So it's good, but unexpected, right? But good and unexpected, there's nothing wrong with that. But I remember I was playing with it in the hallway, and I looked at my dad, and, I, and my thought was, how did you know that I would want this? And I go, wow, I didn't ask for this. Now, my father's response was, oh, no. Oh, no. What he expected was for me to be disappointed. So immediately he goes, no, you did, you did. He ran, and he got the wish book, and he opened it, and he goes, see, see, there's your initials. I couldn't convince him that it was good because his expectation was that I was disappointed. Anybody tracking? Same experience, two radically different experiences. Anybody have a friend, not you, or the person you're sitting next to, don't nudge, who finds offense everywhere? Oh my gosh, they cut me off on purpose. It was them, they saw me, and they were like, I hate you, I'm going to cut you off in traffic, right? And you're like, we're in Florida, nobody knows you, right? Like, it's amazing, may it be to you according to your faith, right? Your expectation, right? Okay. One of the most terrifying scriptures to me is Job, he said, the thing I feared has come upon I would submit that worry is praying to the devil that the, and that causes the very thing I don't want to happen to happen to me. Just leave that one out there. Anyway, so, so the thing is, is what happens when we have a series of things that don't go as expected? Huh? Bitter? Hopeless, disillusion. Why bother planning? Right? I would submit that failed expectation is one of the biggest reasons we opt out. Opt out of what? What kind of things do we opt out because we're not, the expectations don't get fulfilled? Hope? Relationship. Believing for more. Jobs, right? Anybody waiting on, an, uh, on a promotion and it doesn't happen? You're like, well, then why did I even work? Right? <laughs> Maybe that was a little too real. So, but what I want to say is, anybody also notice that life is long, right? And you can't live without hope. You can't live without expectation. You can't live. It's not a life, is it? And so maybe your life looks like that. Woo! And you just flatline, like me with the hope and expectation in, in healing. And then, I can't live like this anymore. I'm going to hope. Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. I'm going to make another friend. They're going to hurt me. They're going to hurt me. Look, they hurt me. Right? Sorry, this is getting too awkward and too painful. Moving on. Let's just go to the Bible where it talks about people that aren't us. Let's do that. Let's just do that. I was just like, I was like, now that we've unearthed everybody's pain, moving on. 
Um, one of the things that I love, though, is the Bible is real people. And Jesus, a real person, meeting real people, shows us what God looks like when he encounters us. And one of the people he encounters the most is his mama. And I'm so glad because we've got a lot of information on how Jesus dealt with his mama. Some of you look very scared. All right, so who is his mama? Okay, that is not a test. That, you got that, right? So here's Mary. I love her. She's a, so Mary, right? Mary is the mother of Jesus. And there's 12 different little encounters that, that we see how Jesus encounters uh, Mary or God encounters Mary in the scripture. And I love that because we get to see her over the course of 30 plus years. How do you walk? Because the reality is if we're going to walk with Jesus, it's a long walk, right? Planning to be around here for a few more years? Yeah, it's a long walk. And we all grow tired. What do you do with that? Well, we're going to watch how Mary navigates it. You guys ready? Yeah. Don't worry. We're not reading all the scriptures. I'm just going to, we're going to leap around. You guys ready? All right. The story starts, right? Mary is somewhere probably between 12 and 16 years of age. And at her time, women had zero rights, zero value in Jewish society. But there was one golden ticket available for a woman. You guys know what it was? Mama of the Messiah. <laughs> Woo! I mean, to go to the front of the line, baby. Like, right? You know, like, mm -hmm. wait, wait for my son. My son. That's my son. I'm with him, right? Like, this was the golden ticket. I promise you, every good Jewish girl, they're like, Jesus. Jesus wasn't born yet. Father, <laughs> Yahweh, I, come on, let's make this happen, right? This is the dream. Anybody had stupid, impossible dreams? I mean, who are you? Who are you? You're only 14 years old. Think you could be the mother of the Messiah. I mean, what's the qualifications? <laughs> like, did she take an exam? I, I, let me ask you a question. Who here at 14 had the maturity to be the mother of the God of the universe? Let's say, ladies like, I was there. I've met some 14-year-olds who thought they did. <laughs> they later realized otherwise, right? But here it is. This is the dream. And guess what? She has an angel, Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, comes and goes, Behold, you shall bear a son. Good news. And he will be called, What the Messiah? And what does she ask? You guys remember? How can this be? Why? Because it's unexpected, right? Would you say that's unexpected? I would say that's slightly unexpected. You know, it's just a normal Tuesday. You're taking out the trash and hello, right? You're going to bear a son. Like what? This is deeply unexpected. Oh my goodness. Uh, so it's unexpected, but kind of good, right? Good news, right? It, you're, well, it's probably way over here, actually. Right? Unexpected, right? But she's like, okay. She's like, how can this be? Because I'm not married. You got some knowledge I don't know about? You want to drop on me here? He goes, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the Lord will overshadow you. Not even making it clear. Anybody had a conversation with Jesus and it didn't get clear? Good sign you're talking to Jesus. Right? He, he, like, it's, like, it's like my understanding is not getting clearer. But something in her heart obviously trusted and understood this is God. God often offends our mind to reach our hearts, right? And so here she is, and he goes, and she's like, yay! And then she has a thought. What do you think the thought was? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What, what was uh-oh about this unexpected? I'm not married. Judgment, I'm not married. Judgment right? So suddenly, uh-oh, Wow. In our society, stoning is an option. And I don't mean marijuana. It's an option. It's an option. Everybody got to get stoned, starting with you, Mary. You're not supposed to do that. And who does she have to tell first? Joseph, the guy she's engaged to. Now, we don't know for certain, but it's, it's the history seems to indicate a lot of different things. That Joseph was an older widower. His wife had died. He had children. And Mary was getting married, maybe because she was the least in her family or whatever. 
an arrangement. They made arranged marriages, and she's going to be stepmama, right, to kids, right? And Joseph, and she goes and tells Joseph. Now, guys, imagine you are Joseph. How's that expectation rolling for you? Right? This is definitely in this category. Either A, maybe they had made a, because they would be betrothed for a year, build a relationship. Maybe they were from the same town. Maybe they had a, they developed a relationship. And, but here's the thing is rejection, right? Uh, Here's the thing of, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Right? Like, how do you expect me to believe that? An angel. I know he looked like an angel, honey, but that's not how this works. Right? Like, show me where that's in the Bible. Right? And here's this expectation. So what does Mary do? Mary runs off to the one person who might understand what she's going through. You guys remember she had a cousin, Elizabeth, who was, from the way it reads, postmenopausal, and suddenly had her first child. Again, isn't it horrible? You're having this incredibly intimate encounter with God and people want to get involved and talk with you about it. <sighs> anyway, so here she is. She runs and she talks with, and Elizabeth, something, John leaps up. He goes, yo, what up, Jesus? In the womb. I love that. Just, whoa! Right, there's this moment and she goes, oh, you too. When we're navigating unexpected circumstances, Ask God to show you who around you can navigate it with you. Who above you? Because Elizabeth was three to six months further on. So, so help me out, sister. What, what does this look like? Not just pregnancy, but everybody staring at you. Everybody thinking, what, what, what do I do? Like, there is somebody around you that's going through not exactly the same, but something similar. Then... Praise God, an angel shows up to get, uh, Joseph. If I'm Joseph's one, I'm like, oh, it was you, was it? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm an angel. Okay, okay. I think that's why he showed up in a dream. He's like, don't hit me, right? Um, and, and we have this incredible thing where he, where Mary says, I'm probably one of the most powerful scriptures we heard earlier, be it unto me as you have said. Not according to what I expected, not according to what I thought. Do you think when she was fantasizing about being mother of the Messiah, this is how she thought it would roll out? No, now, the Messiah they expected was somebody like this guy, Maccabeus, that, that, a king, right? A, a warrior, a ruler. And so the idea was it would be a natural baby to a natural couple that would rise up and just be superhuman, right? Giving birth to Superman, right? This is, this is legit. None of this is rolling out the way she expected. But she said, be it unto me as you have said. Let it be, Lord. So she finally, after about six months, you know, the baby's born. She comes back home. What do you think she came home to in Nazareth? Criticism. Criticism? Now, if you are dreaming of being the mother of the Messiah, aren't you thinking you're going to get a little bit of glory? <laughs> right? Just be like, yep, that's right, that's me. We're it. This is not what she expected, and it's all on the left side of the spectrum. So then, it's like time for the birth. Now, ladies, who of you giving birth have a birth had a birth plan? Blink twice. Okay, okay. Better yet, who here had a birth plan that actually panned out that way? <laughs> right? I was like, I'm planning this all out. Good luck. Right? Like, that's just unexpected, right? Well, I'm pretty sure her birth plan didn't involve uh, a, a donkey starting the contractions, right? I'm pretty sure it didn't involve, you know, I was thinking like Kennestone with like straw <laughs> and a donkey, right? Do you think that was part of her expectation? Like, Jesus, this is, God, this is your son. I need to see a little higher level of service. This is not the way I planned it. The birth goes, right? And finally, some people show up to, to worship, to uh, recognize. Finally, some people have recognized, oh, no, they're dirty shepherds. 
Oh my God. Take off your shoes. Like, don't touch the baby. <laughs> Hands off the baby. <laughs> Especially you, buddy. Right? I mean, this is the worst of society. Like, they're the only ones who recognize. God, I said I would follow you if people saw my value. Your identity and your destiny is not for, up for democratic vote. In fact, if you got a new name during the activation today, I 100% guarantee there are people in your immediate life that if you share that name with you, they go, <laughs> not on your life. Remember David, anointed as king? What did his brothers think of him? No matter, so many times we fantasize how it's going to pan out, that usually just guarantees how it ain't going to pan out. But that doesn't mean it's not going to pan out, and it definitely doesn't mean that his promises are not true. But when our expectations fail, what do we assume? The promise failed. Don't we? Only me? Right? It's over. Who here who is married or been married, it didn't turn out the way you expected? That would be all of us. Oh my God, you're a woman. When did this happen? You're like a different species. Man, it is getting awkward in here. Okay, all right. I'm just, just stir the pot, why don't we? All right, so then, then on the eighth day, they take him to be dedicated, according to the law, in the temple. They take him in there, and there are two old kooks. Total kooks. Right? Anna and Simeon. <laughs> you know, it's like Jafar, you know, when he dresses up, you know, with the beard, you know. It's like that. It's like, I can just see Simeon. He's like, he, they, they, some said he was like 120. He's like, I can, I can finally die. Like, how many years had he been there? He's like, I've been waiting for that little baby. You know, and then here comes Anna going, yeah, I told you, Simeon. I mean, like, like nobody else recognizes it. Like, I mean, I promise you, if there was Instagram back there, and, uh, you, know, um, you know, Mary's not doing, you know, doing selfies with them. Like, it's not, this isn't adding to it. But they make a word, they say, behold, it's him. It's him. And once again, I submit that Mary's heart heard the voice of God. Not here, but here. Okay, God. I can do it again. And if you're going to go on a journey with God, God is going to give you encouragement that you need, but it's going to be encouragement that you're going to have to choose to receive. It's not going to be the encouragement that comes gift wrapped from Saks Fifth Avenue. It doesn't come. It will be, it will offend maybe your reason. And it won't be the way you expected, but the way we handle the unexpected determines whether we continue or we bounce out of the process. So we keep growing. Somewhere in here. There we go. Then, finally, they go back. So Joseph was more than likely a migrant worker working up around a city called Sephoris. They were building this huge Greek village, uh, city just outside of Nazareth called Sephoris, not the Mag you know, makeup store. Um, anyway, and so he comes, they come back to Bethlehem for the, you know, for the taxes and then they can't leave. So they're there for like two years. And so Joseph's probably just working odd jobs, cleaning the street or just trying to make ends meet. And they finally get a little one room studio, you know, above the bar or whatever. And there they are. And they're, they're, they're finally, and finally somebody recognizes who they are, right? Who recognizes? The wise men show up, right? Two years after the birth. Took you long enough. We've been starving here. Who here has been waiting on financial breakthrough? And it doesn't seem to come quite when you expect it, AK want it. That would be all of us, right? And so here she's like, ah! Finally, they show up, and they show up with the goods, right? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Frankincense and myrrh are like, like uh, they're like the uh, easily transportable, extremely expensive items that you can change for cash. Think like diamonds. So here they are, and they've got, whew, finally, kings, they recognize, right? Uh, now we got money, thankfully, this is good. And what happens? Herod. 
the kings bring the wrong kind of, of attention. Anybody here, when you got the promotion, it finally started working for you. Things were starting to roll, and that's when the heat got turned up. Ah, this is not how I expected. Okay, let's just get real. Anybody here got a promotion at work, and you then had to oversee your coworkers, and that did not go well. Right? You're like, I, this is not how, guys, I'm one of you. Not anymore. You're the man. Right? Like, it doesn't pan out the way... What am I going to do when it doesn't pan out? But is the promise not true? Or was my expectation of the promise off? Am I going to make assumptions about reality or am I going to choose to believe he is true? Oh, good question. Then they flee, right? Where do they flee to? Egypt. I thought we left there about 1,400 years ago, right? The whole point was to get out of Egypt. Have you ever done that where following God seems to lead you backwards? Okay, let's just get real. Anybody here, you've gone backwards following God or not. You know, even where you walk away from, even those flat lines, he will use when we surrender them to him. They go to Egypt and they probably blow through all the magi brought. Would you be disappointed at that point? Like when she got that gold, who here, when you get a breakthrough or you get like some financial breakthrough, you're immediately spending it in your head or you're immediately putting it into a nest egg that will protect me for life. Do you know what I'm talking about? And God's like, oh, this is great. I gave you that money so you can pay those bills. No, 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 Right? I was getting, God's like, no, I gave you the provision to pay the bills. I gave you the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, not so that you could be wealthy, but so that you could get through your exile. It's not the way I expected it. So they come back, and they come back, and they're going to, it sounds like they were initially going to try to go back to Bethlehem, because that's where Joseph's from. He's got family there, right? It's hard raising a kid. You don't want to, you know, you need a family network. And it turns out, uh, it's still not safe there. So they head up to back up to Nazareth where his dad's working a migrant worker job. And they're up there in Nazareth, the backside of nowhere. And everything's rolling. I mean, hopefully things have died down. But anybody from a small town? Do things ever die down? Do they ever forget? No, they always remember. Not the good stuff, don't worry. But the bad stuff, they remember. I promise you, Mary was, hey, Mary, did you know that Joseph's not the dad of your little child, right? I mean, that's just how it works. This is not the way I planned it. What do you do when you get shame instead of glory for being obedient to God? That's a real question. And it will happen. It happened to David. It happened to Daniel. It happened to Joseph. It will happen to you when that happens. Do you blame God? Do you back out of the process? Do you back out of the journey? Or do you go, may it be to me as you have said. So then, finally, at least, I've got to imagine. I mean, the one good thing about being the mama of Jesus, at least he's going to be an obedient child. Right? I mean, wouldn't that be great? You're like, Jesus, it says honor your father and mother. Mother, 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 right here. Go, dude, go to your room. Yes, mother. Right? I mean, you've got the whole Bible to use on him. This is great. Right? Anybody had religion used as a means of manipulation? Moving on. Anyway, so then... 12 years of age, they go down to the temple. They probably, they were supposed to go, the guys were supposed to go at least once a year, but it, if they, the fact that they all went was kind of a big deal. Maybe it was the first time they'd been. And it was like, they're all going, it's a big family trip, they're going to the festival, it's awesome, and Jesus gets distracted, right? And where does he end up? In the temple. Where he starts teaching the rabbis. Who here, when you were 10 or 12 years old, had an over, uh, had an enlarged sense of your uh, wisdom and, and, and purpose? No? No? Okay, some of us. Anyway, so, so here she goes. And, and so my favorite, though, is 
They're on the way back. It's obvious they're like in a party caravan because they get three days from the village, from there. <laughs> Joseph, Joseph, here, give this to Jesus. Make sure he wears it at night. What do you mean you don't have Jesus? What are you talking about? You've had him for three days. I thought you had him. Joseph, how many times have I told you? Right? I mean, this is not a pretty scene. This is just ugly. And so Jesus, they come back and they look everywhere throughout Jerusalem. Now, who here... Your mama lost you, and when she found you, did you wish that you had not been found? You do not want to be that hundredth sheep. You're like, <laughs> keep your posterior away from her. Right? I cannot believe you. What is wrong with you? I thought I raised you better. Here you think you're the Messiah. What's up with that? And Jesus looks her in the eye and goes, mother, mother. Where else would I be? <laughs> Mothers? <laughs> I know we're not supposed to beat the chosen one, but I'm feeling it. <sighs> this is not how I expected. There should be at least one good thing about being the mother of the Messiah. This is not it. Oh, and he probably did get, the question was, if he experienced all things that we did, did he not experience, get a whooping at least once? I promise you did. And the best part is he didn't deserve it. Anybody got one from your mama when you didn't deserve it, but she was just having a day? <laughs> just saying. Anyway, I mean, what part of this story is, now here's a question. I have a question for you. Did Mary give birth to, was she the mama of the Messiah? God with skin on. Did all of the failure of expectations nullify what was actually happening? But here's the deal. When I hold on to my expectations, I am unable to see what's actually happening. And I'm unable to partner with God in those. So then we fast forward. Jesus is just starting out his ministry. He's getting off, off the ground, you know, starting to get some disciples, you know, getting a little positive buzz on the internet. And, uh, and mama, Mama's like, hey, you remember your cousin over in Cana about three kilometers away? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they're getting married. Uh, come on out. Come on out. I really want to show you off. Finally. She's only waited 30 years to show him off. Be on your good behavior. Right? And Jesus walks in there. And then the wine runs out. And she's like, ah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Martha. Jesus is here. He'll take care of it. Jesus, go take care of it. What does Jesus say to her? He goes, woman. I'm sorry. I'm going home. I did not get my mixing bowl and spoon. I'll be right back. <laughs> woman. My goodness. Woman. What does he say to her? He says, woman, what are you? This is not my time. Where do you get off? And what does she say to him? Whatever, honey, whatever, honey. Do whatever he tells you. She's manipulating God. Did God come to make wine? Oh, I'm going to take a detour. Let's make wine. No. What I would submit to you, I'm just going to go out on a limb. She had improper expectation, but God even met her in it. Sometimes God meets us in our improper expectation because he loves us and he's good. He's like, I know you can't handle anymore, honey. It's okay. I know it's been a hard 30 years, but I I'm here. But that doesn't mean it makes a theology, right? Does Jesus make any more wine? No. It's just a one-off. But just sometimes we can then build an expectation out of a one-off, right? Anybody? You had it, it happened one time? Okay, sorry. This is getting really awkward. Okay, anybody had this happen in worship? This is what happened to me, not you. I remember I was about 16, 17. I'm in a worship service, and everybody has their hands raised. So what do I do? I raise my hand. 
And guess what? I started to feel something in my arms. Oh, is this what happens to other people? Oh, this is so much fun. Next time I'm in a service, what do I do? Nothing, right? The unexpected, I now have a new expectation. Just moving on. Then, but finally, Jesus is finally doing something right, right? He's a, he's a rabbi, respectable. That's right, Martha. Jesus is a rabbi, now youngest in his class. We're so proud, right? And then what happens is he starts going around. And you go over into Mark chapter 3, and it says he starts healing people left and right. Crowds are gathering. And what happens? What do they think about him? They think he's gone crazy. His mama and his brothers think he's gone crazy. Why do you think Mary, when he's finally being the Messiah, finally doing the stuff, finally being supernatural, why do you think she and her, his brothers thought he was crazy? Just not what they expected. What do you think they expected of the Messiah? Regal? Being a king? Starting a few fights? Right? Mixing it up a little bit? What else? Wealthy? Powerful? He's doing the right thing, but because it's not what they expected, she thinks he's crazy. Anybody had somebody? You were finally being obedient to God, and the people in your life who are also following God thought you were crazy? And I love what they say. They go, hey, hey, hey. They come out to get him, right? They roll up with the paddy wagon and the straight jacket. And they're like, honey, just come out for cookies, right? And they go, hey, your mom and your brothers are here because the crowds are packed in. And he goes, oh, you know who my mama is? Yeah, Mary. Nah, my mama and my brothers are anybody who listens to my words and does it. Mothers? Mothers? What you doing at that moment? No, come on, ladies. Don't blink at me like that. You're like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what? You mean the woman who's been putting up with you for 30 years and nine months? That woman? I am just like, are you offended at this point? Mamas? Off the freaking scale. True? Right? I am so offended right now. How can this? But what was Jesus saying in that moment? Those who hear my word and do what I say. Was he saying the truth? Many times, the truth I need most comes with a slap to the face. Just like that. Because it's not what I want to hear. If I'm Mary, I'm like, I go to the front of the class because of what I went through you. I get to go an end round. He's like, no, mama, you need to listen to what I am saying. I'm bringing you truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you have your vitamins? Right? No, it's not enough, everything that's happened up till now. You don't get a coast. Who here has been waiting to coast with Jesus? You know what I'm talking about? If I get to this level, then I coast. There's no coasting. We walk with him, and it's offense, and, and we overcome the offense, and overcome the offense. But if you, it, it might be nice to know it actually gets worse. There's this one moment. Another moment, a woman goes, blessed, blessed is the woman who bore you. Blessed is she who nursed you. And Jesus goes, ah, no, 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 no. It's just blessed whoever follows me and does what I say. Ladies, how frustrated and ticked are you at this point? I mean, I mean, 211. Are you saying none of that matters? What I want to say to you right now, men and women, is so often we have this expectation based upon, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, therefore this. And Jesus is saying, no, no, nothing matters but the present moment. Are you going to say yes to me? All your Chuck E. Cheese points up to this coins, up to this point, amount for nothing apart from obedience in this moment. So then, the next time we see her, 
Where do we find her? John chapter 19, at the foot of the cross. Of all of her expectations, this is not it. This is, I, I can't imagine more traumatic, more terrifying, more horrendous of a thing for a mother to go through than to see her baby boy brutalized, cast out as a criminal, brutalized, and killed. Anything worse? This is beyond failed expectations. This is so far. This is fundamental death of all, everything, death of the dream, death of me. And if you and I live long enough in this life, we will have those moments. It can be literal death, people that we have buried. It can be unimaginable traumas that have been inflicted on us or on other people. And in that moment, what is the question you and I ask? Why? True? Why? And it's not a why that gets an answer, is it? Because there is no answer to it. Why? Why? How can this be? You promised me. You promised me. You promised me. But you know the amazing thing is God is so loving that even when we have decided he is our enemy, he has failed us, he has abandoned us, there is no point, there is no hope that all things are lies, he never leaves us or forsakes us. He never quits loving us. Even when we're punching him in the face. No, you failed me. He is still loving us. And the amazing thing is, at the end, Acts chapter 1. Do you know where we find Mary? In the upper room. In the upper room. Anybody who tried to comfort Mary at the foot of the cross or on Saturday, I promise you, if she had anything, got slapped in the face. How dare you? Do you not understand? God can do nothing good out of this. And yet what happened? Three days later, she receives him back from the dead. Three days later, she is walking with him. But then he leaves again. Do you guys remember what Jesus said on the cross? He said, looked at John and he said, woman. I'm sure she had a flashback in that moment. Woman, this is your son from here on out, John. He's my best bud. He'll take care of you. John, she's now your mama. Look after her. This is not how I saw the story going. I expected to be a queen. I expected to be with you. I expected you, my son, to be. We'd go through this together and I die and then you. This is not how I planned it. Mama, we're going to be together forever. This is just for a short time. But this is good for everybody. You remember how I said I came for the sake of the whole world. This is that moment. And I don't, to me, more than everything else Mary went through is her being in the upper room waiting on the Holy Spirit. How did she get there? How did she get there? How did she overcome all of the offense to stay in it through 30 years and stay in it to the point of saying, Jesus, son of mine, I don't understand. Why did you have to go up to heaven? But I am going to wait. I'm going to believe that you're going to make something good out of this. And the Holy Spirit falls. None of the story aligned with her expectations. Aren't you and I glad? Because you and I are in the story. Because she did not demand it to fit her expectations. Listen, some people want to have Mary as like, like never offended, that doesn't help me at all. The Mary who's offended and gets over it, that helps. Because this life we are in is long. The life we're called to in a body is 
painful and offensive. If you don't want to be offended, don't live with anybody and don't do life with anybody. And don't have expectations. Just put yourself in a coffin and seal it up. Quit it while you're ahead. But if we're going to walk this life, we're going to be offended. Listen, if you can be offended at the Messiah, how much more can you be offended at broken people? Right? Let me just tell you this. Offense is not a problem unless we stop at offense. But when we climb over it and say, God, I lay down my expectation. I don't know what was wrong about it. I don't know what went wrong. I'm not going to find fault. I just let it be to me as you have said. I'm not going to change the subject. I'm not going to change the promise. I'm going to choose to believe that you are good. You are good. And if I don't see you as good, it just means it's not over yet. It's I haven't come through yet. But I believe you're good and you will turn. That's why the amazing thing, Romans 8, God will work all things. I could do that a thousand times. It would never work that well. I don't even know what I'm trying. God, I love you, Jesus. He's so cute. Oh, anyway, his Lord's like, we need a little comedic relief. People are like, I'm going to die. No. Uh, yeah, he's so good. But what I want to say is, God works all things together for good, but that doesn't mean he causes all things. But when we surrender those things to him, then he can work them to our good. And in fact, the very place of pain becomes a place of the revelation of his goodness and his love and his glory. The greatest place of your shame, the greatest place of your sin, the greatest place where th you have been sinned against becomes a place where God can do mighty, incredible, beautiful things. If we could have the worship team come up. If we could stand. Father, we are offended. There are so many areas of our life that are not as we planned, not as was expected, not as was promised. Definitely not the time frame we had in mind. But God, I choose to believe you are still good. And if I don't see the goodness, I choose to believe that it's not done yet. And so I surrender all of me, all my failed expectations, all, my, all the promises, all of my offense to you. And I say, Father, have your way. Turn these things to good. Because I am one who is loved by you and called according to your purposes. We worship you, Lord. We offer you the trash of our failures and our expectations. And we receive your glory. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.